We are here today to celebrate and to give thanks as we are every Sunday. And this Sunday in particular, we give thanks for the gift of baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes to us through baptism as shown through the baptism of our Lord. So we have to ask a question. What exactly are we doing when we baptize people? What fundamentally is baptism about? Baptism is about two things. Both of these things are emphasized in Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus, and both of these you will hear emphasized in the baptism that we will celebrate a little later in the service. These two things are identity and mission. When I say that baptism is about identity, what I mean is that in baptism, Jesus identifies with us and we are identified with him. And when I say that baptism is about mission, I mean that the baptism of Jesus is what prepares him for his ministry and his mission. And baptism is also what equips and prepares us to pursue the work that God gives us to do. Now, perhaps a more pointed way of saying all of this is that one of the things that the baptism of Jesus shows us is that baptism is a much bigger deal than we are inclined to think of it as. In our day and age, we think of baptism as a rite of passage. We think of it almost as a christening. It's like a naming ceremony, something you do with babies. Maybe it's like asking God to bless a newborn child. In this, as in everything, Jesus shows us what baptism is really about. It has nothing to do with rites of passage. It has little to nothing to do with naming ceremonies. It even has very little to do with asking God's blessing on newborn babies. It has to do with identity, and it has to do with mission. So first, identity. Jesus identifies with us. Jesus identifies with us so completely that the early church seems to have been a little embarrassed by the lengths to which Jesus went to identify with us. And we get a sense of this embarrassment in our gospel lesson. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, but John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? What are you doing here? The idea of a Messiah who himself needed to undergo a baptism of repentance was unthinkable. If he is the Messiah, he does not need to be baptized. If he needs to be baptized, he is not the Messiah. The baptism of Jesus has a very ambiguous place in the Gospels. And what does Jesus say? Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Now there's two things in particular I want you to note about that phrase. It is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. First, when Jesus says that it is proper for righteousness to be fulfilled in this way, he's saying that it's okay for the Messiah to be identified with sinful humanity. In fact, that is the point. <laughs> Jesus is telling John that righteousness is going to be fulfilled not by a Messiah or a God who stands off at some great distance and calls a wayward people back to the life of faith. Righteousness is rather going to be fulfilled by a Messiah who gets down into the dirt and the muck and the brokenness of people's lives and heals them from within. God is going to get a lot closer than we expected. 
God is going to get a lot closer to us even than we're comfortable with. And Jesus identifies himself with sinful humanity not because misery loves company or because God wants to show the world how much he sympathizes with our plight. Jesus identifies himself with us so that the power of sin and death can be overcome precisely at that point where it hurts the most, in us, in our lives. It is okay for the Messiah to be identified with sinful humanity because God's intent is to fix the problem from the inside out rather than to try and force a correction from the outside in. That's one thing to pay attention to here. The other thing that's worth noting has to do with something that Jesus says to John, something that's so subtle slips right by us. Jesus says it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness, for us. Not, it is proper for me to fulfill all righteousness, for us. That's a big deal. Jesus is inviting John into the work that he himself is doing. Jesus is making John a partner in the work of redemption. Part of what it means to say that Jesus identifies with us is that he invites us to participate in his mission, in his ministry in his work of reconciliation and redemption. Why does he do that? Because he has identified with us and has identified us with him. The very people that the Messiah comes to save become partners with him in the work of the gospel. So that's identity. That's the first thing that baptism reminds us of. The second thing, mission. Here again, I think one reason we often overlooked the fact that baptism has to do with mission, has to do with the way that we're conditioned to think about baptism. We most often associate baptism with what? Babies. We think of baptism as a stopping point rather than as a starting point. Okay, I got baptized, done, check, moving on. No. If we look at our gospel lesson within the wider context of Matthew's gospel, it becomes clear the baptism of Jesus is not an end unto itself. It is a beginning It is an inauguration. It is the first step on something tremendous. We need to see the baptism of Jesus within the wider context of the whole life of Jesus. There are events that lead up to it, and there are events that follow it. Right before the baptism of of Jesus, what do we hear about? We hear about the ministry of John the Baptist. And Matthew, the gospel writer, couldn't couldn't have made it any clearer if he had tried. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then Jesus came from Galilee. Hello. (laughs) The baptism of Jesus continues the events that had taken place earlier. Jesus appears as the fulfillment of God's mission that is proclaimed by John. The kingdom of heaven has drawn near. Every time the church baptizes someone, The kingdom of heaven has drawn near. And then as soon as he's baptized, what happens? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, received in baptism, where? Into the wilderness, to be tempted, to be tested, to be tried. And then Jesus goes to Galilee. And from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The baptism of Jesus anticipates the events that would take place immediately following. 
So the baptism of Jesus is that point in God's mission to save the world at which the identity of Jesus is clarified. This is who this is. And the power that Jesus needs to accomplish his mission is poured out upon him. The Holy Spirit descends upon him and the voice of the Father is heard. This is my child with whom I am well pleased. This is who you are and this is what you're going to need to do what I want you to do. Same is true for us. Baptism is about identification and identity and it's about mission. In his baptism, Jesus identifies with us and in our baptism, we are called to identify with him. In his baptism, Jesus takes his place in God's mission to save the world and in our baptism, we too are called to take our place in that same mission. So the opportunity that today's gospel gives us is to remind ourselves of who we are and what it is that we're called to do. Before we are anything else, before we are anything else, before we are Republicans or Democrats, before we are rich or poor, before we are black or white, before we are men or women, before we are even members of our own family, before every other means that we have of identifying ourselves, we are baptized. Because we have been joined with Christ in his baptism, we are God's beloved children with whom he is well pleased. And because we are God's beloved children, we are the ones who are invited to join with Jesus in his mission. For it is appropriate for us to help God fulfill all righteousness in that way to carry on the work of proclaiming the kingdom and to follow in obedience where God leads us, bearing the power of the Spirit of God in and to the world. Now, because we're Episcopalians, I'm guessing many of us, maybe most of us, probably don't remember our baptisms. How many of you were baptized as an infant? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder... If I missed out, I don't for a second believe that my baptism was not less real or less effective because I wasn't aware of what was going on, but I wonder what my baptism would have felt like if I had known what was going on. If I had had some sense that I was being identified with Christ, that I was being associated with the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and that I was being raised to new life and given the power of the Spirit. That's what's happening to you today. And if I had had some sense that that's what was happening to me, I might have had more of a sense of just how significant it is that I have been baptized. Now, the good news here for me and for all of us who don't remember our baptisms, or maybe who remember them but haven't thought about them for, oh, many years now, the good news is it is never too late. There is always more to learn about what it means to be one of God's beloved children, and there is always more to learn about the mission to which God calls us. The story of the baptism of Jesus is not just about something that happened a long time ago. It's a story about what God is doing today, as in right now. <laughs> this story invites us to think about how we might renew our identification with Jesus so that we too are reminded that we are God's beloved children with whom God is well pleased. What work, what mission does God have for us to do 
as we partner with him in the ongoing redemption of creation. In this season of Epiphany, the season of revelations, the season, the season of disclosures, let us pray that God will show us the answer to these questions and that we will respond with faithful obedience in light of the identity and the mission that he has given us. Amen.